I'm Marissa Norcross. And I'm Dave Freund, and this is The Next Page. Marissa, how are you today? I'm wonderful. How are you? I am I am terrific. You know, today was our annual golf outing mm-hmm. at Bellevue, and uh, wow, I was there, you know, as the, as the golfers were, I guess they aren't kicking off, they're taking <laughs> off, right? Um, had a really nice lunch. The Bellevue does a beautiful job. Yeah. All the time, mm-hmm. and it was just, it was a gorgeous day, like 80 mm-hmm. degrees, slight breeze. Which is great because with all the rain we were having, I thought we might need to build an ark. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it, it today, the day we're recording, the day of our tournament, it's a beautiful day. And, you know, it was so great to hear from so many people that we haven't seen in a long time. And, yes. and to see them and just, you know, so many of them said, oh, I've, you know, I've been waiting for this for so long. I'm so happy to be here. You know, I've been really looking forward to doing this with my team. So I I think we all had a new appreciation for the tournament, which is now, this was the 24th year. Wow. mm -hmm. Wow. That's amazing. I didn't even know that. Yes. So next year we should go real big. We should. 25. (laughs) That would be our, is that our silver anniversary? Is that what that is? Yeah, I think so. 25. Yeah. Silver Anniversary Golf Tournament. Mm-hmm. Wow. So today, so when I sent you <laughs> a post that said, time to grab the baton, what were you thinking? <laughs> I had to do some Googling. Uh, like, what? Is this, a, is this a track and field event? <laughs> I was thinking about like gymnastics, um, all kinds of things. But this, well, first of all, I in the first paragraph where you describe your experience, at the Maxwell recertification um, with the Orlando Symphony Orchestra, I just thought, how cool! And, it was, uh, you know, what what an interesting way to discuss the topic. Um, yeah. And then, you know, I shared with you that I did not, I was not in band or orchestra in high school or middle school or elementary school for that matter. So, you know, this um, I had to read through it a couple times, but I love. The analogy that you made. So tell us a little bit more about this week's post. Sure. So um, what what happened, I was, I was actually thinking about, you know, training as of course, I'm thinking about training and thinking about leadership. I was thinking about, you know, how we try to, to work and develop people to their strengths. And I, and I had walked into my office at MACNE and on my bookshelf was a baton. And this, this is an, an orchestral baton. And, um, there was still the tag on it from when I got it. And so I received this baton back in, in March of 2016. And when, when I went to my research, they, one of the rooms we were told to go into, we walked in and in there was a scaled down version, but still a significant number of musicians from the Orlando Symphony Orchestra. But next to each musician was an empty seat. And they said, have a seat. So we all sat down. And as soon as we were all seated, the conductor just started conducting this piece with the symphony. And, and I, you know, I love music. Um, I, I, I said to you before we started recording, the only reason that I really stayed in high school other than knowing I needed to graduate was so that I could be in band. That's why I went to school. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I did the other things required to, to graduate and go into my career, but band was what got me up in the morning, so to speak. Um, so I just loved sitting there. And then what they did, so after they played this the, a movement, and I don't know what they played, I, I know it was some beautiful classical piece. Um, then the conductor started taking, you know, section by section, instrument by instrument, 
and having them play what they had just played. And at some point, you're hearing certain instruments, you're hearing the melody line that you recognize from the piece. But others were just parts that by themselves aren't that spectacular. Mm -hmm. But that's because they are the harmonies to the melody. And without them, the melody doesn't sound as good. And so it, it, it takes all of the parts, it takes all of the musicians learning their specific parts and playing them at exactly the right time with the right time signature, the right tempo, starting and stopping. And, you know, people don't realize how exacting music is, especially classical. It is extremely exacting. And you have to be in exactly the right spot. You know, and, and so it's, it takes a tremendous amount of practice. So as I was going through this analogy in my mind, I, I realized, okay, so now it's summertime and people are on vacation, but now is when leaders need to start thinking about the masterpiece that they want to compose and conduct when summer's over. What, what do we want our people to learn? What, what skill sets do we want them to have? And how will we learn? And so I, I kind of took that analogy and I broke it down into, I said, there's three different ways that we learn. And the first one is start by learning together. And I noted that we have to identify the skills and the knowledge that our team needs to learn based on the piece that we want to compose and then conduct. And, and the best way to do this really is collective learning. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so I kind of made the analogy just before we started recording was it's kind of like band or orchestra practice. Everybody comes together and we're all learning something together. So, you know, companies need to realize there's so many ways to do this today. I personally love the idea of lunch and learns. And, and I think that I believe that every organization should be doing a lunch and learn once a month. You know, you don't need to, as much as I love it when you bring trainers in like me um, or some of the other consultants that MACNI works with, but you can do it just as a book study. Right. Pick, pick a book. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, even if you take one book that, and you do a chapter a month, you could probably get through most books. If they're short chapters, you do two a month, but you could get through that book in a year. Mm-hmm. And it gives us this foundation piece that everybody's learning. Now, if you've got a really high achieving team, you know, have different departments uh, present on a, on a topic or different employees present on a topic every month. And then we're all learning the same type of thing. So that's our, that would be our, 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 our band orchestra band practice. When I was in, when I was in high school, that was first period every day. First thing we did was we went to band. Mm -hmm. Um, so then the second one that I thought of is project-based learning. And, and this is where we've identified specific things that our teams need. And, and what's neat about project-based learning is it's a tremendous way to build cohesive teams. Because as they're learning, they're learning about each other. They're learning behavior profiles. They're understanding how each other reacts to challenges or, or tasks or problems that might present themselves. You know, as, as I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking about some of the projects that we worked on at MACNI over the years, you know, bringing technology into our rooms or, you know, having a technology committee 
or when we work on events, we've got event planning committees. And these, while these aren't truly in-depth projects, we still learn a lot about each other, mm -hmm. don't we? We learn a lot <laughs> about each other in, in those meetings. Yep. And then I kind of drew a parallel from that to whenever you're part of a band or an orchestra, you have lessons that are, that are done by section. So perhaps the violins have a lesson. If you have a fairly large orchestra, in, you know, especially in schools, and now I'm talking more of a high school level, you would have, you know, the first violins might have their lesson together and the second violins their lesson together and third and so on. You know, the, the, the cellos have their own lesson together. Um, if it's a band, you know, I play trumpet. So, you know, the trumpets had a lesson together and it wasn't with, it wasn't the whole brass department or, you know, section. It was just trumpets. Mm -hmm. So I kind of use that as our project-based um, time. And it's interesting to go back to a, to a band analogy. Within our trumpet section, there were those that had skills to play different types of music. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking my senior year, um, I had the, I had, I, the way I played best was I played best. I had a good tone, a good sound, fairly decent range. Um, but I wasn't as good at playing fast movements where there was a lot of fingering and a lot of, you know, notes that I had to play. I, I, I was the person that would play the, the more melodious type of things, but one of my classmates, Allison, she was amazing at super fast runs. And so it was neat how the band teacher, how Mr. Bishop, he did, he did a piece that featured the trumpet, but he broke it up so that each one of us played to our strength. And I thought, wow, what, what an amazing example. So within, our, within our, our, the, the jobs that we're doing, we may have two people that might have the same job, but they're very different in their giftedness. So are we really letting them work or play? To their giftedness. Then the last part was um, specialized learning, and 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 this is when we we identify a need that someone has, um, or that the organization has rather, and we say, okay, where can they get that? Mm -hmm. um, conferences, workshops, seminars. This is very individualized. Now, one of the keys is that when you so, and and I note this in my post. So often we go to conferences and trainings and we take tons of notes. I've got binders with notes from conferences. But I come home and I put it on a shelf and I never pick it up again. So what we should be doing as leaders is we should be saying to folks that are going to conferences and workshops and seminars, at our next group meeting, present what you learn. Because mm -hmm. then you're going to remember it. It's good because if you have to teach it, you really will. You'll be reviewing the notes. You'll be taking the high points and go back through our podcast where we talked about, you know, ACT, you know, what can I, what do I need to apply? What do I need to change? And, and what can I teach people? That type of thing. Those are great tools that you can have your team use when they're getting ready to go to a conference. Oh, and so what was the musical connection with this one? I viewed that kind of like private lessons. Yeah. You know, um, you, so you. You said you played piano. I did. How many years did you study piano? Not very long, and it was I was younger. It, um, okay. Elementary and middle school. 
a few years and then I, and then I took a few years off and picked it back up a few years later. Okay. Now, but you did take dance. I did. For 20 and, something years. <laughs> so were some of those years when you were taking dance were they like one-on-one lessons with an instructor? Um or were they always group? Sometimes. Mostly group and then some smaller group. So similar. I okay. mean, larger group, smaller group and then um some private or semi-private. Yeah. So what was the difference for you in terms of learning as the group got smaller? How was the learning different? Uh, as the group got smaller, we were able to like hone in on specific things or specific skills or specific type of dance um, versus, you know, a larger group would be more generalized, I guess, but also just the amount of attention that the instructor could give each person, right? The more people you have, the less attention each person each person gets. Exactly. The smaller the group gets, the more attention. Yep. Yeah, and you know, for me it was it was very similar where and I think I've talked about this in some podcasts where I think when I was in just finishing 7th grade going into 8th grade is when my band teacher said to me at privately and then to, and, and to my parents privately was I think David needs to go get some private lessons. I think he could benefit from private lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, in one hand, you're thinking, wait, this is like, you know, remedial trumpet playing, you know, but no, that's not what it was. He wanted me to have a one-on-one instructor who could help develop the unique skills that I had. Mm-hmm. And and so I viewed it as, wow, this is a great opportunity. This is a real privilege. And I'm, and I'm trying to think, I probably took private lessons for maybe four years. I don't. I know I didn't do it as a senior in high school, but I think from like eighth, ninth, tenth, and eleventh grade, I was taking private lessons. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting when I think about going back and thinking about my days of playing. Those private lessons were really ingrained in my mind, um, and and so many of the routines and the and the exercises that my my teacher was giving me, I can still remember them so you know, vividly. Do you think there's like a a exact recipe or balance of these three of the you know the group learning the project based learning and the individual specialized learning? Is there like a secret sauce, or? Well, so yeah, I I I think there is a secret sauce, but I think and I think that secret sauce is the leader truly identifying what skills their organization needs. And doing a bit of a gap assessment. So it's mm-hmm. it's going to be super individualized for every company. But I do think the pattern is you have to have all of us learning together something. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's very, very important because it gives you the foundation of where you're going. They can all come back to that common knowledge, the common terminology, the common words. Mm-hmm. You know, because as you learn something, there's a vocabulary that's part of that learning. And and the, the, the leader needs to make sure everybody is speaking the same language, using mm-hmm. the same vocabulary. And then I think the um the project based or what I would call the you know, the sectional lessons kind of thing, making sure that each department is learning something together so that they learn the strengths and weaknesses of each person so that they can then collaborate most effectively. 
Mm -hmm. Um, They're going to learn how each other wants to communicate. Hopefully you're going to put some disc training in there, some communication-based, disc-based communication training. And and I think that becomes really critical to get high-performing teams. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, that individualized, hey, where do I see this person five years? You know, when, when, when Mr. Bishop, my band teacher, approached my parents about a private lesson going into eighth grade, he wasn't thinking about eighth grade because he was the high school band teacher that came to the junior high concert. So he was telling my parents, I think he could benefit from this a two, two full years before he would see me again because mm-hmm. he taught me in elementary school and then I went to a different school for three years and a different teacher, but he was planning two years down the road. Where would I be when I hit high school, which in the city was 10th grade? So I don't know if that's a secret sauce, but it really is that going from general based on the needs of the organization to highly individualized based on the giftedness of the mm-hmm. And so I guess I could use a sports analogy if I would be athletic, but I'm not. <laughs> The, the only athletic thing that I ever was halfway decent at was skiing. Um, but it's the same thing of, you know, you start out with T-ball. You go to Little League. When I was young, it was called Babe Ruth. I don't know what it's called now. Maybe the majors, something like that. You know, and, and there are people looking to put kids on travel teams to give them extra playing opportunities mm-hmm. from between seasons type of you know, so think about that as leaders. We're building this team. We're building this symphony, and we want the symphony to sound amazing. Now, I got a sound clip I'm going to play here. Um, you know, anybody that's played an instrument knows that this is an orchestra tuning up, and and it doesn't it doesn't sound very good. You know, <laughs> it's and it's not meant to sound good. Now I, I found that on YouTube, and I love some of these posts. Oh, one of the most one of the things I missed the most about orchestra was tuning. Well, I don't miss that at all. <laughs> you know, and I mentioned to you that I had the chance to conduct an orchestra, mm-hmm. and I hated tuning. Oh man, as an, as an orchestra director, tuning up an orchestra. So what I did, I I found other ways to do it. I would actually ask some of the best musicians in each of the sections if they would please make sure their depart their section was tuned. <laughs> like it's your delegate. You are the most senior. You are you are the the concert violinist, the first chair violinist. Please tune all the strings. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but you have to put up with the noise mm-hmm. to get to music. Nice. And maybe that's the. <laughs> Maybe that's the way to kind of um, transition out of this of today's podcast. Yeah. So next week we're going to talk about, you know, writing the mass, composing the piece, mm-hmm. and conducting the orchestra. Because it's it's amazing when it works, mm-hmm. and you almost get lost in the music, and it's a different space, if I can call it that. Mm, looking forward to reading about that. So what might we have missed? Well, I certainly cannot contribute to the uh, 
musical side of this. <laughs> but but every time you dance, there probably yes. was music. Well, yes, that is true. That so is there was true. that pit orchestra that's kept in the dark with little tiny lights on their stands <laughs> that was making the music to help you dancers dance. Better. Yeah, I, I think that you know when I when I read through these, it's just important to make sure that you know all all three of these types of learning have, have a space. And like you said, yeah. you know, it's, it'll look like a different balance for each organization. Yes. But you know, I like some of the ideas that you threw out about just starting somewhere, right. Whether it's a book right. study, whether it's a chapter a month or a book a month or yeah. a, a podcast study, right? Like here are yes. three podcasts, you know, listen to them and we'll talk about it. Or I've seen, um, People do like articles, magazine or online articles Yes, on a certain topic. So it's a little bit more, you know, consumable than a book, a whole yeah. book. Right, right, um, yeah. But, you know, there's so many places to start, um, you know, now that we've got so many different types of media available to us, um, books sure. and, you know, YouTube and podcasts, all those things. So, um you know, I, we've done some things as a team at MACNI in that area, and I think it's it's really great, especially when it comes to, like, speaking the same language. I think right. that's really important. And I like oh, the idea of recycling some of the specialized learning. So, like, if someone goes away to a conference or or a web, even a webinar, that you can then turn that into learning together when that person shares what they learned, right? And, right, right. And kind of recycling that information yeah and you know and the reason the, the reason why i put that down to have them repeat it was really twofold one is it really helps that person retain what they learned at that conference and then the second one is it lets the rest of the team know where that person is going professionally mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know somebody may you know i may come back from a conference and i'm and i'm really excited because in you know, in, in a little over a month, I'll be able to go, God willing, back to Orlando for our first in-person Maxwell event. And wow. Pre-COVID, okay? Mm -hmm. um, it would be two full years. And I'm just super excited to go because I know I'm going to come back with new ideas, fresh ideas. Mm -hmm. And wouldn't it be a shame if those just end up in a notebook? Right. And they don't end up being shared with my colleague. Mm -hmm. And then, so the benefit then is, if so let's say I've talked about something I learned about some unique communication tool or something. And somebody's going to say, hey, I was just at a member company and they have a team that's having problems communicating. You know, uh, Dave, could you give them a call? Or I, can I give them your contact information? The same thing happens in all of our organizations. So that sharing is twofold. It benefits the entire organization, it benefits the customers, and it benefits the person that went to the training. Mm -hmm. So again, next week, we're going to talk about um, putting, composing the masterpiece, um, bring it all together, and making it sound wonderful. Looking forward to it. Any special plans for the weekend? Oh, I have family coming into town that I haven't awesome. seen since October. Oh, so wonderful. really looking forward to that. Wonderful. So let's see. I'm trying to think of time. So when this gets released, um, I will be going to a family reunion in Ohio. 
Oh, wow. That sounds so nice. Upcoming weekend. Yeah. So we'll see what else I might be able to pack into that weekend that share about when we get back. Sounds good. So with that, I'm Dave Freund. I'm Marissa Norcross. And this was The Next Page. <laughs>